middle of the night for you. Yeah, when was the last time you got to? Oh, no, you and Cone did a pod. Uh, yeah, it's been a while though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Rock and roll. Well, I'm gonna try to sound, not sound too tired. I was uh, I was in the middle of REM sleep. I, I got about three hours before my alarm went off. So, uh, but yeah, honestly, I was I was kind of counting on Alex like staying awake and wanting to do it, and I'm like, oh yeah, Alex got it. Uh-huh. But nah, he, <laughs> he tapped out about 30 minutes beforehand. So it's it's all good. We got it. <laughs> All right, here we go. We'll get started. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Topic Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunsinger, at Thunder Chats, and I am joined on the West Coast at 1.50 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the morning. Uh, The one, the only, Stephen Dolan. Stephen, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing really good, and I'm happy to be here. I'm probably not the one and the only. I think there's probably more than one of me out there, more than one Stephen Dolan, if I had to guess. I I, I think at some point, whenever I got you going, I'm like a rant or a tirade, I'm going to look up more Stephen Dolan's just to, you know, just for the culture. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, Dolan definitely wanted to have you on. I mean, obviously, it's, it's great to have you on at any time, but – uh, your expertise when it comes to, you know, what this team is doing in the rebuild process and the tank battle, specifically in the end of the season, the scenarios need to happen, um, you know, and, you know, the different matchups that we've been facing the past few games. Uh, definitely want to have you on talk about that. And I guess uh, the easiest way to, you know, start this off is just, you know, the the last three Thunder games has just been – just a tank of Palooza. And I mean, the, the best way to jump into it is, you know, I'm talking about the, the Thunder Trailblazers game, the legendary Thunder Trailblazers game in which uh, we won 134, 131 in overtime. And uh, Isaiah Roby was yeah. the savior of that game. Taylor Maladon played a great game. Everybody played really good that game. And that was a really important tank game. So I'm, I'm just going to kick it off to you there, man. What's the, uh, what was your thoughts in that game? Yeah, it's just unfortunate that we got the one game where Portland actually played really well, and then mm-hmm. all our guys played really well too. By the way, you, you called it my expertise on the subject. I think obsession is probably a better word. I don't know if I'm an expert, but I am obsessed with it enough to think about it a lot. <laughs> hey, tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not mad at Isaiah Roby, but I am mad that shot went in. You know, like I, it's not like I'm like ah oh, Isaiah, I hate you for it, but it is like I wish that didn't happen. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Twitter was a real dumpster fire. You know, after the fact, <laughs> um, and you know there was a lot of people that was you know like like you were saying like you know mad at the players, and obviously you know it's been said a million times over, and it, it's obvious when you see the product, like the players. When the ball is tipped, like they're gonna go 100%. The coaches are gonna go 100%. They're gonna play to win the game, and, and we saw that when Mark, uh, I think, late in the game, subbed back in Isaiah Roby and Andrew Wiggins to close the game. Um, you know, he, you know, they they made sure that you know they was in position to win the game, and they was gonna try to win the game. And you know what? That's their jobs, and we can't fault them for it. I thought we had it though. <laughs> well, we were we were down eight with like 
I don't know, a couple minutes left. I thought mm-hmm. we had it. And then shots started going in and, and there's stopped going in. It's unfortunate, but, you know, realistically, that's not one that you really expect to be able to lose um, going in. Even with the lineup, <laughs> the roster we were throwing out there, I was still like, there's a pretty solid chance that we still win this game. Um, it just sucks to feel like you had it in the bag and then lose it like that. Win it yeah. like that. I don't know. It's all very confusing. You called him the savior. I almost like stopped you there. It's <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to talk about this stuff sometimes. Yeah, it, it definitely hurt. Um, especially, you know, it's like a, a few games ago. Um, I think the Magic and like the Pistons won. And if we would have mm-hmm. lost to whoever we was playing to, we would have been tied for, I think, second in the odds. And we won and stayed at fourth. So <clears throat> it's all very convoluted. It's all very annoying but uh yeah and that's another one so that was orlando right and we got us we Mm -hmm. played two games against orlando and we split and that's probably about as good as we should have expected but still it's just like the opportunity was there to do better yeah and And what's funny about orlando and even the pistons and you know we'll talk about the pistons game as well like you know as, as we've talked about on Twitter on the pod a million times, like Thunder's been kind of made the face of tanking for the NBA. Um, and a lot of it is because, you know, they've they've pulled all their guys. Like all the levers have been pulled. Like, you know, Shea, Dorit, Giddy, all the way down to like Trey Mann, Poku, Kendrick Williams. Like, you know, they've all been pulled. Um, and then the Magic and the Pistons, they'll play their guys, but they play them for like a few minutes at a time. And so, like, they give the illusion that they're not tanking because their players are active, but I I almost think that's worse, <laughs> like, personally. So, uh, what, what do you think about that? Do you wish that we played our guys a few minutes, or do you think, like, we're going the right way on this? I think we're, we're going the right way. I don't think it's worse or better. I don't think it's a <laughs> – I don't think it's a moral issue. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I think our way is better strategically because you don't have five minutes of good players out there to threaten to do well. Um, you don't but, have Trey Mann hitting seven threes in a quarter. Right, <laughs> right. Hey, his, his, his hamstrings messed up, Dylan. Hey, You're not rest he's it up, man. not healthy. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got you, man. And, you know, I mean, kind of moving on, you know, we got back on track against the Hawks, which it's kind of funny whenever we potted last, you know, we was making predictions for the end of the year. And I think we mo- most of us said two wins. And I was like, I wouldn't be different. I would say we split one of the Portland games and we beat the Hawks. But that was when that was before Shea was rolled out for the season. So uh, I, I hold on to that, uh, which is why the prediction was dead wrong. Um, but yeah, we got back on track with the Hawks. Um, Trey Young was doing Trey Young things, and then we'll jump into the uh, you know the aforementioned Pistons. Like I said, um, Cade, Isaiah Stewart, and Sadiq Bay. I remember your tweet actually. You was like, they're all playing, they're all active. I'm like, you know, we was excited. <laughs> it's supposed to be a good thing. Yeah. And then after about five minutes, they all went out and never came back in. <laughs> Yeah, just sitting there watching the benches like they got to come back in soon, right? They've been out for so long and then they just <laughs> never happened. And then they didn't start the second half and it was just like, oh, okay. So they've uh, thrown in the towel very aggressively. They're trying to beat us over the head with the towel. 
Um, yeah, the, the thing about, so like the Hawks game, the thing about when you get this late in the season is it's almost more important what the team you're playing has to play for than it is <laughs> who the team you're playing is, mm-hmm. right? So like the Hawks really need wins right now and they just beat the Nets actually right before we started recording. And that was a huge win for them because now they are sitting on the good side of the play-in where they only have to win one out of two games. And so, yeah, the rest of the season they're going to need to win. And and so we happen to catch them at a good time. Um, The problem is like our next game is against Phoenix and they have nothing to play for. Now that's better than say like the Clippers last year when they actively wanted to lose. It's better than that but mm-hmm. it's not as good as if they wanted to win because I think we see that they're sitting who Aiton, Booker, and Crowder, but Chris Paul is playing. Now we'll see how many minutes he plays, but yeah, that's the key. hopefully that's enough. <laughs> he, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he just like plays the first half. Hey, hopefully that's enough, but I mean, it, even in his Thunder days, Chris Paul really did like his damage scoring like late in the game. Like he would, poke and prod you and like you know figure out what's going on um defensively like the first half and then the second half he just murder you so you know if they take that away that's gonna hurt us in terms of winning the game because you know it's like we talked about like you know this team isn't just gonna roll over like they're not just gonna bow at whoever's in front of them no matter who's out there and you know, that, that there's something to be said about that, the fact that, you know, while we are putting out these lineups, these guys continue to go out there and compete at the highest level and, you know, defend their butts off. And, you know, it's there's something to be said not only about, you know, their effort, but the coaching staff uh, that OKC has assembled and Mark Dignall and his guys. So, uh, you know, it's whenever we win these games, it's like crap because tank position, but also it's like, you know, there's there's some good behind it i guess right yeah it's hard to be so it's it's a much better situation than if you want to win the game and then you lose because there's no silver lining at least this way we're like hey at least the players play well now it's it's that's that lining is less silver at this point in the season because there's probably not a player on the court that really matters to our future fair (laughs) like when it's shea or giddy or dort or um i don't know poku or trey like when one of them wins us a game it's easy it's easier to be like well at least that's a guy we care about showing out Mm -hmm. and showing a lot of promise um but when it's like isaiah roby it's hard to get excited about that but still at least it's you know a win so there's still that little bit of happiness um yeah i suppose well, uh, Dolan, you know, we got the Suns, like we talked about, um, coming up, I guess, today. <laughs> um, f- for me, anyways. Uh, yeah, we got the Trailblazers, uh, the Jazz at Utah. So, our last three games are on the road against Utah, Lakers, and Clippers. And, you know, like you said, you know, it's very important who, like, what the teams we're playing have to play for. Uh, the Jazz have been spiraling. I don't really know where they stand in the playoffs right now. Um, Let's see. The Jazz right now are tied with Denver for the six. Yeah. 
So they'll be the six slash seven. And so they're two games ahead of Minnesota. So they're not clear of Minnesota. So they, they're going to need to win that one. Yeah. Or else they could be in what the Leafs go home playing game. They could, they could be the seven seed. So they would be, they'd be at the top of the plan, but they'd oh, still okay, be right, right. right. I got you. Well, and then also speaking of a team that's been absolutely spiraling, uh, the Lakers who, mm-hmm even after bringing back LeBron and AD still managed to lose to the Pelicans. And what are they? They're like a game and a half back, two games back from the Spurs in the same spot. They're one game back, but the Spurs have the tiebreaker. So they're, they're two games back really. Um, And they go Denver, Phoenix, Golden State, Oklahoma city, Denver to close. Yeah, so they they need that Thunder game very badly. Yeah. Well, so Denver's going to want to win. Phoenix won't care again. Yeah. Golden State probably won't have Curry. So they could uh-huh. they could win out. Like that's that's feasible. Um now one of the things that is good for us is that LeBron needs to play a few more games to get this to qualify for the scoring title. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And he's going to have to score a lot in those games to hold on to it. Need so it. he probably is going to play meaningful minutes against us. LeBron should be enough, right? Hopefully. <laughs> you would think LeBron just trying to score. That should do it. Yeah. you. Uh, he shows up and Isaiah Roby ends up guarding him <laughs> and holds him to like 15 <laughs> points. And we win by four. Like, ah, what the heck? And then, of course, the last one. You know, we're doing it again. Part duh of the Thunder versus Clippers in L.A. Uh, they will probably have Paul George. Uh, I think I heard Norm Powell might be back. Maybe not for that game, but. Yeah. They're, and they're probably not going to. So there's a path to them caring about that game. It's mm-hmm. a narrow path. Um, the most likely scenario is that they just they're they don't care one way or another. Um, but it could happen. Um, and if they do care, it would be kind of nice for us to be able to knock them down to the nine seed. That would, yeah. that would be a fun last game of the season. Now for us to really be able to enjoy that, it would mean that Oklahoma city needs to be locked into our, our lottery slot, which isn't looking promising because we're neck and neck with Detroit. So it would require Detroit winning a couple. And they do play the Pacers, and uh, but they would have to grab another one for us to really just throw caution to the wind in the last game. I got you. But, you know, like it, it, if we want to lose that game, which is probably the case, like we just saw the Clippers like go off against the Bucks when neither team cared to win. So they still have some guys, some vets. Yeah, who was it? Rico dropped like 43 points or something. Yeah, I think he made 10 three pointers. That was ridiculous. I did not think he had that in him anymore. But I mean, yeah, it goes to show you, man. They're NBA players. That's that's what they do. Um I, I do want to mention, you know, we uh I think at the Pistons game, uh, whenever they pulled Pokey last minute with flu like symptoms, uh mm-hmm. knocked us down to seven players. And so we signed Jalen Horde to a 10 day, I believe. And yeah. casually, you know, of course, went out there and grabbed 20 rebounds <laughs> in his first NBA action all season. So, 
shout out Jalen Horde. Uh, hopefully, you get some more playing time down the stretch because we could probably we could probably use some Jalen Horde. We could probably use a few more ten day contract guys. Like, uh, who's that dude on the Magic? Uh, that Doughton guy that they played against us. I was like, that's that's a taint move. Just having that guy on the court like that's <laughs> that's ridiculous. I never heard of this guy, and he's terrible. But uh, yeah, Dolan. Let's the uh, whole Portland roster right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I straight up looked at Portland's roster um, the other day, like um, when I was looking at the box score of the Spurs game, and I was like, I don't know. I was down to Greg Brown from the draft. I know Eubanks from. Uh, I don't know where I know him from. Actually, I just know the name. <laughs> I know Keon from the draft, but after that. Okay, well, I know, I know Chris Dunn and Macklemore, but after that, like, who the frick are these people? Like, there's a Blevins, there's a Luzada. <laughs> there's a Blevins. <laughs> <laughs> a Perry, Brandon Williams, Ellaby. Like, yeah, this, these are, these are two creative people. That's the guy. I was, I was watching that game on mute. Um, and there's this, there's this account on Twitter called uh, at Step Through Joe. Yeah. Who just like is just all about the propaganda of, of how the step through is a legal move and not a travel and why. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anytime I see one, I just tag him and tell him when it is. Or if I see one in a video, I tag him. And so I, I that guy did a step through that he missed. Um, and so I just tagged him. And I was like, it's at 322 left. I don't know who's, what the guy's name is. <laughs> I love that you dropped the timestamp for him too. Yeah, make it. Easy. I don't want him to have to watch the whole Thunder Blazers game. That's just cruel. Just cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, I love a good step through, man. Um, so yeah, man. You know, like like we said with those five games, uh, I guess I'm just gonna ask you, man. What is uh, I'm not gonna say what do you want to happen because I think what you want to happen is we lose all five. But uh, what's your final prediction for these last five games? How how many? What, what's our record here? Oh, I get. I mean, I'm. You have to think we're gonna beat the Blazers. Um, again, like you said, I don't want to, but <laughs> I'll I'll be pleasantly surprised if we're able to pull that one off. But I'm not expecting it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we beat one of the LA teams at the end either. Just depending on how badly either of them wants that game, anything can happen. But so yeah, I'll, I'll say we finished with 23 wins. Now, what we need to hope for is basically that Detroit beats the Pacers tomorrow slash today for you. Mm-hmm. That's their like last real winnable game. So if we could do that and at least get the tie for the third lottery slot, that would make me feel pretty good. Then we're back at a coin flip. Yeah, we're at a, we're at a coin flip, but it's a coin flip a spot higher than it was last year. Uh, that is fair. That is fair. And, and we know. could end up with we could still end up in the four, but we would get a couple extra percentage points on that four than we did last year. I like it. You know, if all else fails, I'll just flex on the coin like I did in that pick that I did on Twitter. So <laughs> we we can make some things work. But uh, uh, I want to I want to ask you, Dolan, because uh, well, actually, before I get into this, let's take a break for a word from our sponsors. All right. I wanted to ask you, Dolan, because, you know, we've talked about this a million times, and I don't see you talk too much about it on Twitter, but I know that you're, like, aware. But, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're looking to tank. We're looking to get high draft picks. But 
I don't think that we've got a good consensus on where you stand in terms of like the players that we can get in this. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of draft questions if that's cool with you, man. Okay. I can try. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll do what we can with it. Uh, all right. So first off, we've got the big one. Um, I, you know, it's pretty consensus. The top four in some order is Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Jr. Paolo Bencaro and Jaden Ivey, Paolo Bencaro, who was, whose team was eliminated by their rival North Carolina in a crazy game in the final four today. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll start there. You know, that's the consensus top four. Is that your consensus top four? And how would you rank those prospects? Oh, sure. I don't, I don't really get into my draft research until the end of the season. Now I'm, I, I pay attention to the top four. (laughs) There you go. That's, (laughs) I have been paying attention to that and I'm in no position to make a bold statement that any of them don't belong. Um, Since the beginning of the season. So I'm, I'm in Seattle and where Paolo's from. And so I've been aware of him for a little while and he was my guy going into the season, but the more, I really thought about what would make me happiest is I think it's Chet. Um, I just, <laughs> I think he would take a little bit to develop and I want to be bad again next year, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest, that's kind of a factor in it. Um, but I also think he probably has the highest ceiling now that comes with a low floor too, but that's really what I'm looking for is a high ceiling. And I just have this pipe dream of getting Chet and playing him next to Victor Wimbanyama, yeah. getting him the next draft. And then just like having this, it's like, it's almost like somebody took the Cleveland twin towers front court and just like stretched it out a little bit more. <laughs> Literally stretched it out. I like made them thinner and longer. Yeah. Just, just stretch them like, like taffy. Yeah. I want that. I think that would be a lot of fun. And they can all, like, I think Chet and Victor are also both better shooters than Mobley was supposed to be, and obviously better shooters than Jared Allen is. Mm-hmm. So I just think it would be this really cool modern um, switch some things and just, like, arms and legs flying everywhere. And then you pair that with Shea and Giddy, who are really tall, like, as our guards. And then let's just throw Poku out there as our small forward. That's uh, that's a really big a star yeah, lineup there. Yeah, six 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 eight seven foot seven two seven three. Sheesh! That's I want like, it. That'll be so much fun. Yeah, passing lanes be hard to hard hard to get passes <laughs> off there. So all right, so you got chat number one. So uh, wh- how would you rank the other three? So you, you said Paolo was your guy going in. Is he your number two? Is he number three? What what you thinking? Yeah, I think he's number two because then just what I because what I'm really looking for is a superstar, mm-hmm. um, and I think Jabari is probably the safer pick, but probably caps out as a super duper role player, like a Mikael um, Bridges type guy. Yeah, like a like a play finisher. I know I've heard people compare him to Rashad Lewis, and that mm-hmm. seems pretty good. Which. People would hate on that. Like, you're going to pick Richard Lewis at the top of the draft. Like, yeah, he was really, really good. He, like, made made an all-star team or two. And, like, that's never a failure of a draft pick when you get a guy who is scores 20 points a game for a few years. Yeah. But 
he I don't think he's gonna be the like go get me a bucket at the end of a game type guy. And maybe we don't we don't need that really with Shea and Giddy already mm-hmm. on the roster, but I'm still looking for a superstar and that's the that's kind of the qualifiers, like who can go get you a bucket at the end of a game. Palos that guy for you. Yeah, I think so. Yep, that's fair. Um, so would you have Jabari right under him or you got Jaden Ivy above him? Yeah, I'll put Jabari third and then Jaden Ivy. I just I don't know what to think about him. I don't know. I don't know if last like he shot the ball really well this year, right? Last year it was not good. Ah. So like you're still dealing with short seasons in college and I haven't watched enough to really be able to say, yeah, that shot's real or not. So I'll just defer to people who are smarter than me. Um, and it seems like a lot of people have them four, so I'm just going to go with that. It's not <laughs> it's not my opinion. I'm just like, yeah, it's, that's that makes sense to me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I've, I've been saying this about all four of them, and I'll say it and see how you agree. Um, but I said, you know, and you even said this, you know, Chet, I think, has the highest ceiling. Um, Jabari, I think, is the most seamless fit. Paolo, I think, has the most immediate impact. And Jaden Ivey's just, like, you know, the best of the rest. And that's that, that's kind of been my stance on it. And um, so, you know, what do you think about that? Would you agree Jabari is, like, best fit, Paolo's most immediate impact? What do you think? Yeah, I could all I, – I mean, I could also see Paolo – taking a little bit on defense mm-hmm. um so yeah most immediate impact maybe on offense but also negative impact on defense so yeah. probably even out um i think jabari would probably be the most like to bring up cleveland again kind of how mobley just fit in there and just perfectly filled a lot of the gaps on their roster yeah and kind of completed them and actually made them good so maybe that kind of contributes actually to why I have Jabari third because I'm like, stay away from me, man. (laughs) You don't want him. You don't want this to offense the. Yeah, we might. You might get us flirting with the play in, and that's just not what I want personally. I know there's a lot of people who do want that, and I respect that. I I'm looking for one more year, um, one more year. Yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked either way. Um, I I don't think that we're gonna really go into next season with like a goal in mind, you know, uh, depending on where we draft, like where we draft, like say we pick somebody in the top three and, you know, lo and behold, we get like a lower lottery pick with the Clippers pick. And, you know, we go into this season, kind of see what happens. Um, and, you know, maybe around the trade deadline, all-star break, like, you know, we're sitting in that playing contention and, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe they decide that they want to keep going with it or maybe they pull more levers. Like, you know, we've, we've seen, they have the ability to do that. So uh, I, I think it'll add a new element to the season next year that we haven't had the past couple of years. So it'll be yeah. interesting. It'll be fun, but yeah. And just since you mentioned it in terms of the Clippers pick, whether or not they fall from eight to nine, like there's still a good chance they could lose the play-in. I know they have, I know Paul George is back and he's playing great. Um, but it's still it's one game, and we just saw in the tournament like single elimination, anything can happen, right? Like somebody like Kentucky could lose the. Oh the come game. on, man! Shut up! Why do you have to bring that up? <laughs> That's rough, man. Duke lost tonight. I'm supposed to be example. happy. 
<laughs> supposed to be happening. right like one game anything can happen and and the wolves are on fire so like they're they're not a pushover for the clippers in the first game and that's going to be in minnesota the cat will be a huge matchup problem for them yeah and then the clippers are going to get like us if they lose that game then they're going to get the pelicans or the lakers or the spurs and it's one game like anything can happen paul george goes cold for one game we've seen it happen before like up close and, and, and if they fall out if they fall out of the play in then we're going to get the 12th lottery slot from them yep hey i'm i'm down for it man i'm hoping for it um so i i you know we're about to, like, you know, like we said, the you know, season's about to end. We're definitely going to, like, really dive into the draft, uh, you know, once that season really ends. Uh, you know, all our draft experts that we bring on, like, you know, we're going to have all, all the draft opinions that you guys could ever ask for. But, you know, looking at the top of the draft, as good as these guys are, they all have things that kind of held them back, and you could see – you know, that translating differently in the NBA, like Jaden Ivey, like played with zero spacing. I mean, they played with, you know, two bigs that clogged up the lane most of the game, like most of the time. Paolo, you know, he was on a team, people like to say, with five potential first round picks. Trevor Kills is not a first round pick. I don't care what you guys say. He's not going in the first round. But, you know, there was, you know, there was a lot of wealth to share on that Duke team. Jabari, if you ever, had to watch an Auburn game, those two guards, Wendell Green and KD Johnson, just absolutely terrible. They, they forgot Jabari Smith was on their team at the end of games. So uh, I, I I personally think they held Jabari back, like, tremendously. And Chet was, you know, the lone freshman on, like, a veteran-laden Gonzaga team. And, you know, as good as he was throughout the season and in the tournament, you know, that team was Nimbard and Drew Timmy's team. And Chet was kind of, you know, just a piece that fit in there. So I do think all these guys can benefit more in the NBA system. And I, I do think that they were held back a little bit by their situation. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how their games translate. There's one thing they won't be in Oklahoma city. It's held back unless yeah. they're too good <laughs> at the end of the season. It's like, <laughs> and hey, then you know, we will hold them back, <laughs> take a seat and chat. You're walking kind of funny there, man. Why don't you take a seat for a while? And he's like, that's just how I walk, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Kind of closing this out, I do want to ask you, you know, we talked about the top four, and, you know, obviously you have your opinions on the top four. And I know you said – Kind of. Yeah, you don't really dive in, I guess, to the rest of the draft. But if there was a guy that well, – let's say a couple guys, because I know you're, you're a huge proponent of the best player available, like no matter what to boot so i'll say because we don't need a guard like i mean you know if we get Jaden ivy cool but like we're not gonna draft tai tai washington we're not gonna draft ochaya baji you know we're not i don't think we're gonna draft a guard unless it's like Jaden ivy so if you was the highlight a wing and a big that you kind of have your eye on who would they be uh let's see so i've been seeing mock drafts where PBJ is going like second round. Oh yeah. And I know he had a rough season, like I get it. And I know that 
he didn't seem to like care at times about having the rough season. Like I understand all the concerns, but this is a guy that like people were really excited about that. He would be like a top five pick going Mm -hmm. into the year. And I know it doesn't always work out. We saw, um, BJ Boston, like he's with the Clippers and he looks okay sometimes, but he's, he's kind of the same thing where people thought he was going to be a top five pick. And then he kind of flamed out at school and ended up, going early in the second round um i'm all in on trying things like that out like i I would have been pretty happy if we had taken bj boston with one of our early second rounders that would have been great to me like that's a high upside swing where you're getting the talent that everybody saw and maybe buying low on it um so i guess that for wings and uh I don't know. I don't I don't know about bigs. If we don't if we don't get one of these, if we don't get Chet, I mean, I don't want to realistically the odds of us like getting our center of the future later in the draft, it's not something that excites me. So, Jalen Duran doesn't move you. Yeah, I guess. I mean, so my ideal scenario would be to trade up with the Clippers pick if it lands at 15 or 12 mm-hmm. or something. I would love to get up into the the 6 to 10 range or something like that by throwing like if it takes like four extra picks. Just coming out of this draft with like a top one of those top four guys and then another potential blue chip guy it would would really make me a happy camper on draft night. Yeah. Um and if it's Duran, I guess I wish he could shoot at all (laughs) i you know speaking of guys in bad situations durham was in a very crappy situation at memphis uh had had a lot of people questioning if penny hardaway was was a good coach or not and you know they had the whole amani bates experiment running point guard and that was a disaster so uh durham had a very weird season as well so I don't think that can not be factored in, but no, I mean, totally, but he still can't shoot though. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I I've seen, you know, not three pointer. No, I think he he's has potential to, you know, have like 15 to 20 footer, but yeah, three pointer right and now. That's, and that's now. probably just me like going too far in the, in the new age NBA direction. Like there's mm-hmm. still a, there's still a place in the league for dunker defender archetypes like we, you see them all over the place but i don't know it's just it's a big it's a big check in the wrong column just right off the bat so he's really got to like kill every every single other category for him to have a like star upside yeah and you know talking about your point like like there's I don't know. There's just weird fixation with Thunder fans about like getting a lob threat, like quote unquote, like that's, mm-hmm. that's the words that they use for Shea and Giddy. And you know, I'm all for lob threats. Like, you know, Steven Adams, like the Russell Westbrook, Steven Adams pick and roll, like in the early days was like so much fun to watch. But when you look at this team, you look at Giddy, you look at Shea, like I still prioritize spacing in a big man like you know i want spacing all over the floor like i want shay to have the most spacing in the league because he's had the most little spacing in the league ever since you know the team became his and you know i want spacing all over the floor and you know i'm not asking for carl anthony towns like shooting over 40 percent from three or anything like that but like 
for example, like if you bring in Jabari Smith Jr. and he shoots like 36, 37% from three, and he's still athletic enough, he could be a lob threat. Like, you know, I, I think you can have your cake and eat it too uh, when it comes to bigs like that. You know, you don't you don't need a 40% uh, three-point shooter from the big position, the space of four. Like if you're shooting around 36% as a big man, like, you know, people are going to respect you for that. Yeah. And I'm like you said, I'm a BPA guy, but at some point somebody has to be able to shoot. I mean, I believe Shea can shoot despite mm-hmm. his numbers this year. I think that's a shot selection thing this year. And it remains to be seen with Giddy. Well, you know, I, I, I still have hope. I'm not just marking it off like neither of these guys can shoot. They don't fit together and or all three other people have to be knocked down shooters for this to work. But it wouldn't hurt. It never hurts for people to be able to shoot. And what if hypothetically Shea is does settle in the mid 30s and Giddy never learns to shoot? Well, now you're already talking about two people on the court who can't shoot. So. Mm -hmm. And that's about the limit. <laughs> like the Thunder got away with two because we had KD. And like two is about as, as much as you can do with any kind of success these days in the NBA. Yep. Uh, all right, man. Last question here. I just have uh, I have three guys that I want to ask you about. Um, one of which I think you'll find particularly amusing. But uh, these guys kind of play the same position, you know, kind of the garbling uh hybrid so first you got ben matherin out of arizona you got aj griffin out of duke and shaden sharp out of kentucky assuming that he stays Mm -hmm. in the draft that is yet to be seen we don't know Mm -hmm. uh i think that (laughs) given cal's recruiting success in this next year's uh, class i think he's gonna try to pull out all the stops to bring sharp back but you know we'll, we'll see what happens but oh is it not a good is it not a good class it well we was number one going into the year um like as the season started last year but that was because we had the number one player in Shaden. but where he reclassified he's not a part of that class and we only have like two guys and they're great like they're mcdonald's all american and stuff but they're not like at the top of the class so I think we're we're looking at a couple of guys we're trying to bring in, but yeah, it's it's not looking great. Duke's already, you know, they lost Coach K, but they already stocked back up with the number one recruiting class again. So I feel like he's got a. I mean, he doesn't want to stick around a sinking ship, does he? All right, he's not Jeremy Grant. Let's let's stop <laughs> all that. But uh, you know, those three guys. Uh, is there a preference order for you in your uh, limited action, specifically limited action to get Shade and Sharp, but, you know, not diving into them, just kind of at face value, maybe seeing them in the tournament, what they've done. Um, is there an order for them for you? Yeah, I, well, I like all three of those guys. Um, I think I'd I think I'd personally go Shaden. Is it Shaden or Shadon? It's Shaden. I've, only, I've just seen it in print a lot. Shaden. Yeah. Shaden. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I think I would probably go that direction just for upside and, again, for, like, delaying the upside, which is just one of the things I really am enjoying about prospects this year. Yeah. Um, people talk about, like, it's – these GM, some GM is going to have to be crazy to, like, take a swing on this guy. And, I mean, 
I guess, but we're not so far removed from they were drafting people straight out of high school mm-hmm. like every year. Like half the first round was straight out of high school. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but it's not like this is unheard of them taking a swing on based on high school film. Um, so I don't know if Presti has seen that film, and I and now it's not just high school, right? They play all this AAU stuff against like against other NBA prospects. They have mm-hmm. these big tournaments where they have to show out against similar competition. So. Like it, it wouldn't really scare me that much if, if Presty decided that he liked Sharp, um, and then I guess Griffin just for the shooting because I love the shooting and I know Matherin can shoot pretty good too, but Griffin's on a whole other a whole other level as a shooter. Yeah, you think that that translates with his super wide base? <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't doesn't bother me. Yeah, doesn't bother it's, me. It's just funky. <laughs> Yeah, as if it goes in, I don't care. Yeah, that's fair. He hasn't had he didn't have a really great tournament. I think he really struggled today as well. Um, so I don't know. There's I have pause in the back of my mind, but you know, you forget about how old some of these guys are. I think he's like almost a year younger than Jaden is. So yeah, I also just in general hesitate to really react to the tournament all that much. I'm trying not to. We have like 35. We have like 35 games or whatever of these guys, and then we're gonna, like, I, I just don't want to weigh. Maybe you weigh the tournament games a little bit more, but it's just one of 35 at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. I feel that. And uh, and then Matherin, he just he's just there. He's like the the last of it. Yeah, and I well, I didn't watch a ton of. I didn't. I don't watch a ton of college basketball, but I watched. Um, that whole game, I, I don't even remember who did they who did they beat where he was just like awesome down the stretch. I can't remember. I gotta look it up now. It wasn't TCU. Well, I, I think that's the team that beat him. No, I promise I did watch it though, and it was awesome. And he was just like he he it was impossible to look away from him. Like Not he yet. hit that big three, and he just he had that possession where he got like four offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was just all over the place. So I I really like him. I just. He got a huge body too. That's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great dunk. Yeah, it was against TCU. They lost. uh, They lost to Houston in the next game. The thing I like about Macron is he's just. I said Macron. The thing I like about Matherin is he's got that dog in him, man. Like he's he's just a really fierce competitor, and I really value that in a guy. Like you know, um, going into the draft, uh, one of the things that I love is guy with like a you know incredible work ethic a guy that's like gonna lock himself in the gym like you know like you know when we saw it with russ uh, we see it with shay in a different way maybe maybe less maniac like but you know i i really i hang my hat on a guy with uh you know really strong work ethic so i think ben matherin uh strikes me as that type of dude yeah i, I can see that um, on the other hand, Shaden Sharp may literally have been locked in a gym this whole year. We we really don't know. Uh, I can confirm he was at the games, but that's a yeah. gym. Uh, hey, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. I don't think he was locked. Has in anybody here, seen but... him outside of a gym? That's what we need to know. Yeah, the guy nah. lives in the gym. Yeah, I think no, literally, that... he can't get housing. I think that if Shaden does end up coming out of the draft, then like that's gonna be 
that's that's gonna hang over a cow. Like there's already a lot of Kentucky fans that want cow out. And I really? think yeah, yeah. I mean it is it's been a decade since we won a championship. You know, it's it's different in Kentucky. You know, they Oh a whole decade. Yeah, no, how I long know. was it before that? How long was it before that? Uh like <laughs> 98 so what's that 14 years a little bit over a decade so yeah no i mean i i i like cal i i think that he did a phenomenal coaching job this year um i think that he's adjusted you know from being the guy that was grabbing one and done to you know now being the guy that's grab grabbing guys out of the transfer portal i do think that you know we'll stock up on some guys out of the transfer portal as well but if Sharp goes to the draft and you know puts his name in the draft and stays in the draft, uh, I think that that could really hang over a cow. Like you know, you had this guy that was you know a top five, top ten NBA draft pick, and you didn't play him, and we lost mm-hmm. to a 15 seed. And you know, who's to say like he was going to make the difference? But like, you kind of got to wonder. Who's to, who's to say he wouldn't have? You know, yeah, you never know. I just feel like I don't know, like. It's crazy to me to be so the, – the idea that fans are trying to get rid of him is crazy to me because just with the tournament, the way the tournament works, there's so much randomness involved, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not like the NBA where you get seven games so, like, the best team wins. Mm-hmm. You can you can go into the tournament with the best team and just – it's just not your night and you get beat by the Peacocks randomly. I, I will say St. Peter's, like, there was a very well-coached team. Like, that that coach, I, I think, what, it, it's in the bag. You see on the Seton Hall now, uh, I think. Yeah, but. yeah, I hate – that always – I that I, I mean, I get it, and I know – like, I saw um, people talking about that St. Peter's had, like, the smallest budget in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And when they were recruiting, they were like keeping the players away from the gym so they wouldn't see the facilities. Oh man, <laughs> that's tough. And, uh, yeah, he said he had a couple people's like sign on without ever seeing the <laughs> practice, seeing the locker room because he was like, we cannot bring them in there. <sighs> um, and so, like, I get it, and I know Seton Hall. Like, I'm sure he got a big raise, and that's just the way it goes. But I, I feel like every year these small schools come in and make a little run and then their coach leaves the next year. And that makes me a little bit sad again. I get it, but going back, like, I don't know the first one, like uh, Florida Gulf coast. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I think OU's coach. OU's coach was one of those guys right now. Um, Was he the Loyola guy? Something like that. I trust you. <laughs> I don't know. I, there was a time I knew almost every coach of like every major program. Uh, it is not that time in my in my mind yeah. right now. Yeah, but maybe that uh, you know it's for the best. It's for the best because like yeah. you get you get like what Shaka Smart was at VCU, VCU. for forever that just kind of petered out, right? Yeah, and then he he's kind of struggled where he's been at. There was another one too that was like a mid major, and they transitioned Butler? out. Yeah, yeah, Brad Stevens yeah. obviously went to the NBA, so yeah. Yeah, th- there's opportunities. And, you know, my big thing with, like, if you're going to fire Cal, like, you know, who are you going to replace him with that's going to do a better job? So, uh, and I'm not the guy to answer that because, like I said, I don't I don't know coaches. So, all right, we've turned this into a college basketball maybe they, podcast. Maybe they can snatch Billy Donovan. Oh, Lord. 
I've, I've, I've had enough of the widow's peak enough for my lifetime, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, that's, uh, I think, I think that's, that's a good place to wrap it up. You know, we, we went on a college basketball diatribe. So, uh, uh, Dolan, I just want to, you know, thank you for coming on the pod. It was good to talk to you again, man. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for staying up with me and go to bed. I didn't stay up. I slept a good three hours. I set my alarm <laughs> and I begrudgingly got out of bed. So part of me was hoping you didn't text back, but you did. Dang it. So we got it done. But all right, guys, uh, appreciate y'all for listening. Appreciate y'all support. Yeah, the season's almost done. I do want to say just one more time. We have five games left. Just cherish it. Five this more. Is Thunder, this is Thunder basketball. You know, no matter who's on the court, um, you know, this Thunder basketball, we're not going to be able to watch these guys play for another couple months. So enjoy the time that we have. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Y'all have a great night. God bless. Uh, get vaccinated. If you have not, wear a mask where you need to. Hoop when you can. I hoop today. I'm sore as frick. And as always, <laughs> Thunder up. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.